Amen. Turn uh, in your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 8. I've been talking um, a little bit, I talked last week about uh, prayer, how important prayer is. I've talked about waiting on the Lord. I've talked about being still before the Lord. And I just want to continue a little bit on there and just unpack it a little bit more this morning, just encourage every single one of us. I kind of want to, first and foremost, just encourage every single one of you this morning and say this. Or can we all say this together? I am a spirit. I am a spirit being. I am not a soul. I have a soul. And I am not a body. I live in a body. I am a spirit being. Amen. Hopefully that is now fully in every single one of us that we are spirit beings. As spirit brings beings, God has given us the absolute privilege and the joy of being able to commune or have a dialogue with Him, and it's called prayer. Amen. Do you understand that? Do you understand that when we pray, we open the spiritual realm? When you pray, friends, you can't see God. The Word of God says God is spirit. If you don't pray, friends, you shut down the spiritual realm, even though you're a spiritual being. Do you know you can read it in your own time, whatever, 1 Samuel chapter 12, I think it's verse 23, it's when the children of Israel decided they wanted to choose a king. They wanted a king. It wasn't God's plan or God's design because he was their king. He was the one that they were supposed to come to and commune with, and he would give them direction, guidance, and everything. But they wanted now a king, somebody that they could elevate and put there. So it was completely wrong. Samuel came to them and said, you guys will be naughty. They said, oh, help us. We know we'd be naughty. And they said, please, can you pray? Ask the Lord not to kill us. Who would like to be in the Old Testament? But Samuel says something amazing there. He says, God forbid that I should not pray and sin against the Lord. Do you know that not praying is a sin? See, in the New Testament, what is, the way that we say it is like this. We say, what's not of faith is sin. See, those that come to me must believe Firstly, who I am, and that I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. See, when I pray, friends, I come in faith. When I pray, I, there's a belief that I'm praying to God. When I pray, I open the spiritual realm for the dialogue between me and God. And it's the whole spiritual realm. Just to help you understand something here this morning. It doesn't matter what religion you are. If you're a Muslim, if you're a Hindu, if you're a Hare Krishna, whatever you are, their prayer opens the realm of the Spirit. Isn't it fascinating and amazing that as the people of God, we have got the least amount of prayer? Because God didn't make it a law, He made it a choice. 
People come and they say, I can't, I don't have any time to pray. Friends, we have time to go for a gym visit. We have time to go visit Auntie So-and-so. We have time to watch our favorite TV program. We have time to watch a movie, but we don't have time to pray. It means we don't understand what prayer is. It means we don't understand what the power of prayer is. It means, friends, that we don't understand who we are that we are spirit beings and we are communing with God spiritually through prayer. And that prayer begins to open the realms and there are different realms in prayer. And that's why it's so important that we understand that we're spirit. And Isaiah, over and over again, Isaiah would cry out and he would prophesy and the prophecy would be, God said, I looked for a man and I couldn't find anyone. Who would what? Pray, stand in the gap, intercede. Somebody that would just come before me and begin to pray and begin to have dialogue and connect spirit to spirit and cause the spirit to commune and me to commune with God. Amen? All right. You see... For the whole world, I wouldn't want to be in the Old Testament because we have a better covenant. We're in the New Testament. See, in the Old Testament, Holy Spirit was only specifically involved in certain aspects. Otherwise, it was in the Holy of Holies. Otherwise, it was the presence of the Lord was in the ark. How many of you understand that? When the priest, the priest, the anointing, the Holy Spirit came on the priest. For, the, for him, for being a priest. When the king's, the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon the king. Amen? When people were given a task to do, a function to do, the Holy Spirit would come upon them to do that function. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit was not over everybody. And the prophet, friends, the prophet, the Holy Spirit came on the prophet to speak. The Holy Spirit wasn't on everybody. So people came to the prophet in order for him to declare and speak. Friends, it's unscriptural to go to the prophet, prophet in the New Testament to get direction. It's not biblical because you and I have the Holy Spirit. When the prophet comes and begins to declare, friends, he's not declaring direction, he's declaring confirmation. If it doesn't confirm something in your heart, if something doesn't witness in your heart, put it aside. There's far too many of the church friends who haven't opened up their hearts to the realm of the Spirit called prayer because they don't have time for prayer. They have time for church. Time to come on a Sunday and expect the realm of the Spirit to just begin to flow and operate. Friends, worship here. We have to worship in spirit and in truth. We have to encounter God in the Spirit, friends. If we're not cultivating that, it's like... I'll use, I'll use Dave. It's like Dave, Dave doing the, the, the Iron Man and he cycles once every two weeks. And then he climbs on his bike and he expects you to just climb on his bike and now he gets on his bike and it's oh, 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 slowly. Got to do a bit of a workout to get the muscles going. 
Friends, it's like us in the realm of the Spirit, friends. If you're not operating in the Spirit, if you're not flowing in the Spirit, you have to do serious warm-ups. How many of you are getting a little older? I'm getting a little older. I have to do serious warm-ups and stretching. I used to play squash all the time and just get on the squash court and ping and ping. And <laughs> now I get on the squash court, oh, I've got to stretch. It takes me quite a while, friends, because prayer, friends, is causing us to stretch. And the more we do it, the more we operate in it, the less time it takes for us to go and get into the Spirit. Amen. I'll give you another beautiful little scripture. Psalm, no, it's Psalms. Isaiah 45, I think it's verse 15. It says, our God hides himself. Proverbs 25, I think it's verse two. It's the glory of God to conceal the matter. It's the glory of kings to reveal or discover. Why does God, God hide himself? Because he doesn't want to be found? Oh, he's done a lot of work, a lot of work to be found. So that doesn't make sense. Friends, why he wants to be found is because we've got to push through the flesh. God's not just blase, friends. They're just driving in my car. Oh, Lord, thank you. Vain repetition and just prayers. Thank you. Just take care of my day. Sort out everything. Thank you, Lord. That's really good. Amen. He wants to be found, friends. He wants to be, just wait. We crucify the flesh. There's a, let me just say this very quickly. I'm a complete side trail, but I'll, I'll move on it just for 30 seconds. The Bible makes an understanding, friends, that we, when we get born again, we die to self, right? In this church, I think we've been preached that every single per person must deny themselves, take up their cross. There is a dying to self that takes place when you get born again. After you get born again, you've died to self, friends. We can't keep killing somebody that's already dead. The Bible doesn't say keep die to self, die to self, die to self. You die to self when you get born again. What you have to do though is crucify the flesh. Because when you got born again, you got born again in your spirit, not your soul and not your flesh or your body. So we crucify the flesh. When we come before the Lord in prayer, friends, watch the challenge that lies before us. Our flesh and then our soul so that we can get into the spirit because that's where we're born again. That's where Holy Spirit is, who's in communion and union with our spirit. That's where Holy Spirit is working, friends. And we, we linger and it's like God hides himself as we push through this flesh aspect. That's why prayer is such a beautiful thing. It's so vital. It's so wonderful for the church of God. It's a gift from God because it's communing in the spiritual realm. You can't see him, but I understand. I know who he is. I know he's there. And I'm not going by my feelings and I'm not going by my body, what my body thinks. And I don't care if it's hungry or if it's tired, friends. I'll splash water on my face and I'll keep pushing through. And I'm not trying to wait till my feelings come into line and say, oh, I can feel he's there. Oh, there's tingles. I know he's there because the word of God's told me. And I press through into the realm of the spirit when I begin to feel him. I love when Connor was singing and say, he's in the room. Friends, there may be some of you here today would ever say, well, I didn't feel anything. That's the problem, friends. And that's what God wants to overcome. And how does he overcome it? He overcomes it with prayer. Because I get used to him. I practice friends, so that I can do the Iron Man because I'm training nearly every single day. I'm training all the time. I'm exercising. I'm, I'm, I don't have to warm up. There's no warm-ups anymore. I'm straight in. 
That's what God's wanting to do, friends. Now, what he did to encourage us and to help us was he sent Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit now dwells inside of every single one of us. And when Holy Spirit came to, to shorten what I'm trying to say this morning a little bit, you can go and look at it in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. It's all about Holy Spirit. Paraclete, one who is like Jesus, talks about him being the uh, a counselor and advocate and helper and comforter, all those words that encompass the Greek word. But it's interesting there that he's the counselor. He's the one. It says that he comes and he will guide us into all truth. And he takes of what's Christ, the word. He takes what's Christ and he reveals it to us. So he leads and he guides. Holy Spirit is the one that's leading and guiding us. Amen. Romans chapter eight, verse, I bet you thought I'd forgotten about Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, verse, uh, I think it's 14. It's just. For as many or all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And then if you just jump to verse 16, it says this, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And then just jump to, uh, go to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20, if you're there, verse 27 it says this, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So God, in the spirit, God illuminates, God enlightens, God guards us through our spirit. Not through our intellect and not through our body, not through our soul, but through our spirit. So God wants to lead us and wants to guide us through our spirit. Amen. We've taught in this church, but just very quickly uh, this morning, um, just an understanding that we, as spirit beings, we are the ones, we are who God's created, and then our bodies are Houses, temples, tents within which we operate. Let me quickly just give you some scriptures. Philippians, if you read Philippians chapter one, you should, you should know this, but let me just read it to you. Oh, there's things blowing. Philippians chapter one, uh, if you go to say verse 20, even if you start at verse uh, 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yes, which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to part, depart and be with the Lord. Who's gonna be with the Lord if he's dead? Right? If I'm gonna depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So Paul's talking about something here, an understanding that I don't sh I'm caught between should I go and be with the Lord or should I stay? If I go be with the Lord, I depart from my body. If I stay here, I stay in my body. So it's not about the body, who Paul is, right? Everyone's just looking at me like, huh? Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter four, let's just go there. I hope I'm not going too fast, but I, I have to, I wanna go somewhere quickly. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 
Uh, if you just read from verse uh, 16, let's read from verse 16. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. There's an outer self and there's an inner self. The outer self is our body, it wastes away. How many know that? For those of you who are young, maybe you don't know that, but for those that are a bit older, you'll see the outer self does waste away. I have prayed and prayed and prayed, and one day I'll have a great revelation or whatever that maybe we don't have to waste away, but it appears right now that our outer body has to waste away. That's why we're groaning, Romans chapter 8 again, for our new body. Woo! Charles Atlas or whatever, new body. For those that are old, might not even know what, who the heck I'm talking about, Charles Atlas, no. Anyway, so it is, it is uh, where was I talking about? Um, so our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. What's our inner self? It's our spirit, man. Amen? So our, our, inner, our inner man is being renewed. It's being strengthened all the time. And if we go on, if you just want to quickly read, if you just carry on reading, how many know that there's no chapters originally in the Bible? He didn't write it in chapters. So we're just moving the same topic. Uh, chapter 5, verse 1 says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God. Man, it can't get any better and more real than, than this. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. Uh, then verse, uh, let's just go to verse, is it six? So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. So how many know that our body is a tent, it's not who we are? Whether we're home or whether we're away. And up in heaven, we're gonna get a heavenly body. Uh, on this earth, we've got an earthly body. But whether we're in heaven or not, whatever, it's not who we are. Who we are is our inner self, it's our spirit man, right? We've got that, we've nailed that down. I hope we have. Um, so that I can just share some truth. So, um, and we've read this too, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. When we get born again, we become new creatures in Christ, amen? When we become new creatures in Christ, it does, it's not talking about your soul and your body. It's talking about new creatures in Christ inside. I didn't get, nothing happened different to my body, my soul didn't suddenly, woo, sometimes we got born again, whatever, and that we walked outside, whatever, and we said, oh, beep. Because there's still a process of renewal with our soul and our bodies versus our spirit, right? And uh, oh, there's so many other scriptures, I can drop them just 1 Thessalonians 5.23, you can go over and look at it. It talks about spirit, soul, and body. Very important there that you understand spirit, soul, and body. Most people, when they quote that scripture, they quote it body, soul, and spirit. No, it's actually spirit, soul, and body. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than in two-edged sword, even dividing between spirit and soul. Okay. Um, and then... Last two just quick things on this is in James, you will see that James is writing to the 12 tribes of the dispersion. He's writing to Christians, writing to born-again believers. He's talking to them. He's telling them how if you're sick amongst you, call for the elders. He's talking to believers and Christians. In James chapter 1, verse 21, it says there, I'll read it so that it's legal. James chapter 1, verse 21 says this. Find 21. 
Therefore, put away all filthiness and, and, and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So he's talking to Christians there and he's telling them um, that the word of God will save their souls, but they're saved. But their souls aren't saved yet, their souls is progressive. Sanctification is the process of their souls being saved. Romans, Romans, if you went to Romans and you went to Romans um, the very beginning, and if you just went quickly to verse seven, Romans, right in the very beginning, chapter one, and you went to verse seven, it'll tell you this. It says, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his saints. Isn't that beautiful? So Romans is written to Christians, written to believers, to all that is loved by God, Amen, called by him, it's written to believers. And then Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable worship. See, when we present our bodies to him, so our bodies aren't saved, friends, we have to present it. We have to crucify the the, the flesh and present our bodies to him as we present our bodies to God as he comes friends we give everything of what we do everything that you do you and I do in the flesh in the realm of work and everything that we do friends is worship before God it's why he does care about your finances it's why he does care about your 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 well-being and 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 uh, how you live and all of that God cares all about that because we present to him that whole part of our lives as worship to him Amen. And then it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There needs to be a a mental uh, transformation that takes place, friends. Why is there a mental transformation that takes place? Because we're born again in our spirit, and we have the Holy Spirit within our spirit, friends. But we also have a soul and a body, and sanctification needs to take place in our soul and body because of what? Because it says there, so that we can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, that's a whole nother topic, and I don't want to go on into another little side rabbit trail, but I'll just say this simply. The will of God, friends, isn't some kind of God, when you stand up, God says, right, when time you're born again, I want you to go here and here and here and here, and then there and there and there and there, and, and that's your destination, and that's your will. And then when we get to heaven one day, he's going to take our map, put it over his map, and go, whoa, okay. See, the Bible says, friends, when, if you allow the Spirit to operate through your life, you allow the Spirit of God to begin to flow and to move, if you crucify the flesh, you bring the soul, transform its thinking and understanding to the understanding of the Spirit. Because the Spirit man, friends, why is the Spirit man the cleverest? Why does he know the best? Because he's in communion with Holy Spirit. And when you gather around, friends, whoever you hang out with will influence your life. Your and my Spirit man is hanging out with Holy Spirit. Your soul and your body is hanging out with I don't know who, friends. It's the worst place to go and to get advice from. And unsaved people are the worst to go and get advice from. Hello, church. Because they don't have a born-again spirit. They are only operating out of their soul and their body. So now the Holy Spirit knows what's best. So the Holy Spirit wants to speak to our soul. We transform our thoughts, friends, and our whole body so that we can know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It's not some divine little line, friends. Let me explain something to you. A person comes up to you uh, after church while you're having coffee at Hebrews and uh, says something very offensive to you. 
and that hurts you tremendously in your heart. So you can go, okay, I'm really hurt, I'm offended, but I tell you what, I'm not going to react. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's a good, that's a good will. But you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm, he said something really offensive, whatever, and that I'm not going to react, and I'm also not going to be offended. I'm not going to take any hurt. That's acceptable, will of God. Does I tell you what the good, acceptable, and what the perfect will of God is? He has the perfect will of God. He said something very offensive to me. I'm not going to react. I'm not going to take offense. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to sow love to him. I'm now going to declare and I'm going to speak. Why? Because my spirit man is ruling over my flesh and my body. And my spirit man is love. Oh, there's so much. Karabashande. I could now, my head is now running with processes. Please, Lord, help me to stay on track here. Uh, See, what I want to get on to is that we are led, every single one of us are led by the inner witness. Every single person that's born again does not have an excuse. The Holy Spirit's within them. They can be led by the inner witness because the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you in your soul and doesn't lead you in your body. It leads you inside. Your body, your spirit is the lamp of the Lord. And in your spirit, friends, The Holy Spirit has come into communion and union with your spirit. Your spirit's got born again. It's a new creature in Christ. It's been transformed into the nature and character and the likeness of God. We've been made in the image and likeness of God. And in that place, friends, now from that place, friends, is such a beautiful... But most of us, friends, we don't know how to listen to that because our minds can be just as loud as our body. And we can't hear Holy Spirit, so we've got to train ourselves to listen to that inner witness. Why is the inner witness so powerful and so important? Friends, because half the time the church is looking for the extraordinary, for the marvelous, for the magnificent. We're saying, God, if you would just come and walk into my room, wow, you would just come appear before me and say, I am God. Thus saith me. Do this. We want that. An angel will come. Woo! And wave over our lives and cause us to experience this or that or, or some fancy dream or this. Friends, it's all the extraordinary. But God's given you the supernatural. So you go for the extraordinary, friends. Some prophet will give you a word when he's given you the supernatural, the Holy Spirit, inside of every single one of you. The inner witness. The inner witness, friends, where the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit witnesses to our spirit that we are children of God. Witnesses to our spirit, not to our flesh, friends. The five senses are part of your. We get witnessed by the flesh. It's like, oh, oh I feel, I really feel this is God. Woo! Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I don't feel this is God. Well, actually, you know what? I saw this. I want the inner witness of Holy Spirit because it's never wrong because that's where I'm born again. Everything else could be wrong. 
See, the five senses are the voice of the soul. Do you know what the voice of the Spirit is, actually? I believe in the Bible. I'll teach you on it one day. I haven't got time this morning. We call it the conscience. This is a small rabbit trail. Please forgive me again. Small rabbit trail. Let me just say this. The Holy Spirit never came to convict you of sin. Read it, John chapter 16, over and over again, verse 8 onwards, you will understand the Holy Spirit came to convict the world of one sin and one sin only, and that's unbelief in Jesus Christ. Friends, when you know, when you have Holy Spirit inside of you, you have an inner witness. That's what you're supposed to be led by. That will convict you when something is not right and it's not God. You will, people go, they use things like, oh, I just didn't feel right about that. That's why also, friends, this garbage about fleece and fleeces, please, it's unscriptural and it's total, use your own adjective. It's, but Grant, you've forgotten about Gideon. I haven't forgotten about Gideon. He's in the Old Testament and he didn't have Holy Spirit. Friends, when he was divinely appointed by God and he went into, stepped into his office when he was called to do something, Holy Spirit came upon him. But when he wasn't sure, he didn't even know if it was God. But friends, we have Holy Spirit. If you could put out fleeces, this is what people do. They go, you know what? I've got to go into that appointment in business. If there's a parking right outside the front, then I'll know this is God and I'll just, I'll, I'm, I know I'm gonna, I will sign the deal. It's why, friends, with the prophetic, I'm gonna say this. Whoops, it's on tape. It's for everyone to hear, hear my heart very, very clearly here. I am so jealous of powerful prophets and people that can read out people's names and addresses and phone numbers and who their cousin is and their wife is and their family and who their dog was when they were young and all of that. I, I am impressed by all of that, friends. But I want you to also know, simply put this morning, the devil also knows all of that. You're not meant to open your gate because somebody knows your phone number or knows your street address. Otherwise, what we're gonna see happen, friends, is the false prophets which are gonna arise in the last days. Have we read the word? False prophets will arise. Now, please don't run off whatever. I am, I am amazed and awed at prophets who do know all that stuff. Example, Sean Bowles, I think, awesome man of God. I'm not picking on any person. I'm just, so just in case nobody gets the wrong idea here, what I'm trying to say is that's not why you open your gate. I heard somebody preach the other day and they said it's so powerful, that's why. So God comes along and he says, Jessica, I know your mom's name is Carol and you, you live at this address and this, that. And Jessica goes, oh, oh. Jessica, God's called you to go and crawl on the floor for the next 50 days like a worm. And she goes, oh, must be God. Friends, the reason why we open our hearts is because Holy Spirit, the inner witness of our hearts. It's powerful when somebody knows that. I'm, it's like, wow, that's beautiful. But that's not moving me to open my heart. Amen. It's gotta be Holy Spirit. We've gotta, come on, church. We were given a brain. Come on. We're not brain dead. Now I've sidetracked. Okay. So let me, let me quickly say, okay, I'm landing with this little, I'll pull this all together and one little thing we'll do the rest some other time. 
Uh, if you go to just Jeremiah, let's just go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31. And Jeremiah was a prophet. He was not a bullfrog. <laughs> Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, 31. Verse 33, it says this, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Beautiful. This is a new covenant. They're in the old covenant. Jeremiah is prophesying into the future, and he's saying, This is the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. If you go and study the Hebrew there, that's a singular. Just by the way, put that in the corner of your, of your mind. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. Beautiful, and then if you go to uh, Hebrews chapter eight, quickly go there, if you, I'll go fast if you wanna just listen or, in Hebrews chapter eight, verse 10, for this is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, after those days, the new covenant he's talking about, declares the Lord, I'll put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God. And if you jump over to chapter 10, uh, verse 16, it says, but this is the covenant I will make with them. He's quoting uh, the Old Testament. After those days, declares the Lord, I'll put my laws on their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Okay, we got that. Okay, let's just quickly go to John chapter 13. We're dealing our fingers, do some walking through the word of God. John chapter 13, if we go to verse 34. says this, a new commandment, a new, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So he's making an incredibly bold, incredibly amazing statement. He's saying, a new commandment I'm giving to you. They, these are people that have understood and know all the commandments and all the whole reams of them. Uh, Jeremiah is saying, I've, I'm gonna give you, this is a new covenant and I'm gonna put my law, singular, I'm gonna write it on your heart and here we are reading where Jesus is saying, a new commandment I give to you and this new commandment is to love one another. And the way you will know if you actually are connected in communion and if you are mine, if you know that you are one of my disciples is that you will see this operating in their lives, love, right? Romans, quickly go to Romans chapter 13. You can, after this, go and have a look at all the scriptures and, and do it slower than I'm doing it. Romans chapter 13, let's just read from verse eight. It says, oh, no one anything except to love each other. You have to go study the Greek there, please. I, these things, when I read them, I just, it captures my heart how the church, ignorance in terms of the, of the gospel, in terms of the word of God, and they run off whatever, and that it's wrong now to have debt and all of that. There's not, nothing in here of what it's actually saying. Um, otherwise, then God would have been involved in, in something that's wrong himself. Deuteronomy 28, you uh, were borrowers, but now you, you will lend. Why would you lend? If, because they become a borrower. You understand what he's trying to say here is you owe no one anything except to love. For the one who loves another has 
fulfilled. The law. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandments, any other, are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Amen. Romans, ticking back, Romans chapter 5. Verse 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 5, powerful scripture, simply says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's love has been poured into our bodies, into our minds, into our hearts. What's our hearts, our spirit? God's love has been poured into our hearts, right? Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Second to last scripture that I'll do quickly for you. And then Matthew 22, and I'll pull it all together. Matthew 22, just reading from verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they were sad, you see? So what Jesus does, and he comes, See, to get a revelation understanding of what Christ is trying to bring, the first thing you gotta do is deal with the emotions. They're sad, you see? So you gotta deal with these emotions, deal with this depression, deal with this down and uh, woe is me and you don't know who I am and what happened to me and you don't know what my life's been all about, whatever. He's gotta quieten, so you gotta silence that. But as soon as you silence that, guess what rises up? The Pharisees. The know-it-alls. So you see, you've got to deal through the emotions, then you've got to deal through the know-it-alls. Oh, so what? So you did a miracle. So I was sad, but now I'm happy. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but I want to just tell you something, that even though I'm happy, I found a scripture that says to me, be thy sad. <laughs> so you see, that's why Jesus, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, oh, perfect, know it all, and asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second one is just like it. Basically the same. The two could be put into one. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So last scripture, Galatians chapter five, verse 14. Now, if anybody after I've said all of this is gonna come to me and go, I see underneath your emblem, it says love lived out. I don't understand. I'm gonna say, ah! Okay, Galatians chapter five and verse 14. says this, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. Now forgive the Greek and the English translation, one word, because he goes on to say, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Seven words, but just forget about the translation. It's summed up in what? It's summed up in love. 
There's one commandment now, friends, and it's called love. Our whole journey of Christians, our whole journey as the church, our whole demonstration, our whole display, our whole testimony, our whole living as the body of Jesus Christ is love. Because love now has been shed abroad in our hearts, in our spirit, friends. When Jesus stood up, John chapter seven, verse 36, 37, 38, round there, and he stood up at the Jewish in the, in the Passover. And then when he called the people and he said to them, out of there, bellies will throw Rivers of living water. He said, who's thirsty? Who, who's, all of you are thirsty, come and drink from me out of your belly. It's not literal rivers of water, friends. It's the Holy Spirit flowing. Because he said, this he spoke of the Holy Spirit who had not yet come yet because Jesus had not been glorified. We know the scripture, right? Coming from our bellies, the flow of the Holy Spirit. So what we're trying to say in all of this, friends, is that all that stuff, friends, is summed up in one thing, it's love. And when we got born again, the Holy Spirit came and became one with our spirit and the Holy Spirit communes with our spirit and our demonstration, friends, is love. If you're asking me this morning and saying, but I don't know, because uh, as many as are led by the Spirit are the sons and the daughters of God. I don't know how to be led by the Spirit. Then the first thing I wanna say to you is think of love You're led by love. Friends, there's three things that you can build and you can motivate and strengthen uh, your spirit man, friends, and that's first the word. Because the Holy Spirit comes to exalt Jesus and has come to reveal the word. So we've gotta know the word, we've gotta read the word. The word isn't just a book, friends, the word is a person. His name is Jesus. We have to know that word. The second thing, friends, is we have to follow love. That means when I'm asking myself questions, I'm asking myself not just how this affects me and what it's gonna do for me, but what's gonna do for my fellow brothers? What's gonna do for my fellow man? What's gonna do for those around me? If it causes me that if I'm gonna climb this ladder and I'm gonna stand there to get higher for myself, but when I stand on there, there's two heads that I'm gonna have to stand on and squash, friends. Then I'll ask you, is that love? Friends, that's how you're led. The inner witness is love. How am I led by the Holy Spirit? I've got to know His Word because it will never contravene His Word. So I know His Word. He speaks to me through His Word. He speaks to me as I follow love, as I'm led by love. And then I, the third one, just to help every single one of us, is speaking in tongues. See, if I speak in tongues, I speak from my spirit. And then it bypasses my mind. My mind is not fruitful. I'm speaking from my spirit, friends. I'm developing communion, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, you can read it, the whole chapter is brilliant, but verse four talks about that we edify our spirit. When we're communing with God and we're eating from his word, it's edifying and strengthening our spirit so that he can reveal things to us, so that he can speak to us, so he can demonstrate, so that, he can, so that we can have a witness, an inner witness. I've landed, so you can bring your minds into, into landing position. God wants us, friends, the reason why we wait upon the Lord, the reason why we spend time with Him, the reason, the reason, the reason why we pray, the reason why we pray, friends, is because we are spirit beings communing with God from spirit to spirit, friends, and we pray so that the spiritual realm can be open to us so that we can communicate, friends, and we press in so that we can deal with our flesh and our our, our, our bodies and our minds because we are, to, we are, there's an expectation that if we are sons and daughters that we're led by the Spirit. So I wanna encourage you that every single one of our days of our lives, we can be led by the Spirit. And how we're led by the Spirit 
the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. He's gonna commune, he's gonna speak to our spirit. And that, friends, is not some big fancy voice and big shout loud, friends, it's just simply an inner witness. 99% of every single leading that you will ever have as a Christian, friends, will be via that. You see, unfortunately, the Bible is written one after the other. We don't know the time frames. If you take Acts chapter two and you go to Acts chapter 20, that were, Acts chapter 18, that's 20 years. In their whole life, they might have had one encounter with an angel who came in and went, woohoo! One encounter, friends. And we sit there and we go, all I need is an angel just to come into my room and speak to me. And God's saying, you've got Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can speak to you. That's the 99%. That's how I speak. There's no respecter of persons. We're all his favorites. He doesn't have ones higher than others. Oh no, that guy, I come down. I sit with him and talk to him because he's special. Friends, in the new covenant, friends, we're all the same in God. 99% will be by the inner witness. You just gotta sit there and listen and say, God, what are you saying? And spend time before him and let him begin to speak in the inner witness. And then there's a couple of other things which we can talk about, whatever. Yes, he will do through visions. He will do through dreams. He's God. He can audibly, he can physically come and manifest himself in your room. He can audibly speak to you, friends. Holy Spirit also has a voice. Holy Spirit can actually speak to you. If Holy Spirit speaks to you, I promise you it sounds like an audible voice. You will know if Holy Spirit speaks to you because you'll go like, who said that? That's how you know it's Holy Spirit speaking. Acts chapter 13 verse two is a great example of that. Paul, Barnabas, a whole bunch of them, Manius and, and Sarah, all those guys were gathered together and they were, what were they doing? They were fasting and they were worshiping. That's how you position yourself. So you to hear the voice of Holy Spirit. And then Holy, it said, and Holy Spirit said, set apart, Paul and Barnabas. Holy Spirit said, do you know that your spirit man also has a voice? Your Holy, you have the inner witness and you also have your, your spirit man speaks. Not Holy Spirit, but your spirit man speaks. I haven't got time today to go into all of them. Just, there's many ways that we are led, but 99%. It's the inner witness, friends. We understand the inner witness because we've been born again in our spirit man, complete. And now I'm going through a sanctification po- process of renewing my soul and my body, so that my spirit man can speak clearly, because Holy Spirit is hanging out with my spirit man. And for us as Christians, we must not be led by the soul or the body. We must not be led by our emotions and our feelings. We must be led by Holy Spirit, who speaks to our spirit, and our spirit speaks to our mind. The thoughts come. Amen. I feel exhausted. Did I get this across? I hope I did. It's so important, church. It's like in these last days, it's like God, I love uh, the prophetic word that came, wherever. The prophetic word came and um, God is coming. God is coming. There isn't, uh, we are trying to coax God to come. He's coming. But it's, our hearts, so we want to be vessels that we use by Him. Man, I wish I, could, I wish I could show you, I wish I could journey with you through the life of Jesus Christ and His prayer life. In Hebrews chapter five, verse seven, can I read it? I've landed, I'm just gonna throw this out. I'll go there so fast, you won't even know that I carried on. Hebrews chapter five, verse seven. Now nah, I'm trying to find it, can you believe it? Hebrews chapter five, verse seven. Hebrews chapter five, verse seven. Look at, listen to this beautiful scripture, just to help you. Hebrews chapter five, verse seven. It says this, in the days of his flesh, talking about when Christ was on the earth, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications. You know what supplications are? 
there are groanings, there are cries out. There are, he's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like grieving. It's, it's like that word of crying out. It's, 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 and he offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to whom he was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. Woo, I love that. I love uh, James chapter five verse 16 when it talks about the fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. The, the Greek word there is energeo, it's where we get the word energy. It's not just flippant prayers, it's not just casual prayers. Hey, I'm righteous, Jesus has made me righteous, hey. It's fervent prayers. Jesus, Son of God, crying out prayers and supplication, loud cries, tears. God, if he had to do it, friends, what, why are we exempt? We cry out before him in our prayers. We cry out to him because prayer is so important. Prayer is the, is the doorway of the supernatural coming and breaking into our lives, changing our lives, changing this world. It's so important, prayer. It should be the most important thing in every part of our lives. It should be the most attended meeting. We understand how great and how amazing it is that we connect with God, we cry out to Him, and we press into Him. Now, friends, yes, we rest in God and all of that. I haven't got the time to unpack and bring them all together. But just to say this morning that we are spirit beings, and our spirit man wants to commune with God, and the way he does it is through prayer. And as we up our prayer life, as we commune with him, as we speak in tongues and edify and strengthen our spirit, friends, so the power and the presence of God comes, so the divine enablement comes through our lives so that now we can transform, change, set free and deliver. Even Jesus cried out, not my will, Lord. What's my will? My will is I wanna sleep. My will is I want a hamburger. I want to go to KFC. <laughs> Not Marvel. Push through. And I come into that spacious place where the liberty and the freedom of God is, where Holy Spirit is and everything else fades away, where it's an exploding place of color. And when you live in that place, then you can sit there and people go, oh, no, we, we need food and I need food and Jesus, you must be hungry, you haven't got food. You have no idea what my food is. I've got an appointment with a person's life that's hanging in the balance. There's destiny sitting here. You know what my food is? To be able to bring the gospel, cause her to be transformed, delivered, set free, life changed. Satisfying in that realm. Friends, in this realm, don't try and compete in this realm with that being satisfied in the flesh. You can't beat a Kentucky Fried Chicken Burger, I promise you, it's brilliant. Shall we stand? Jesus. Karabashanda. Am I making sense, church? Am I helping you? I hope I'm helping you. He so wants to do such miracles in our lives. I feel like we're on the threshold of God beginning to just do miracles, just break out.
I feel like we're on the threshold of Holy Spirit just bringing words of knowledge, wisdom, gifts of healing. He wants to operate in his gifts. Oh, I wish I could unpack the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Oh, how we've taught that so wrong. Oh, I'm very good in love, peace, and joy, but I'm battling with gentleness, kindness, and faithfulness. I'm not, I don't have any fruit in that area, but I'm trying. Woo. It's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not your fruit. You yield to Holy Spirit, and you'll manifest the fruit of Holy Spirit. And his fruit is always ready, in season, ripe. Oh, no, but if you abide in the vine, you will bear much fruit. He, he, he. Who said he was talking about God's character? There's much fruit that God wants to bear in these days. But if you're trying to bear your own fruit of love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, then you're sincerely mistaken because that's fruit of the Holy Spirit. You and I can't bear that fruit, friends. We let him display that fruit through our lives as we yield to Holy Spirit. The more you yield, the more fruit, the more he can manifest. I felt this morning, even I was, I was praying, there's people here that need peace. I'm just gonna pray and ask Holy Spirit to come and bring peace. I was gonna walk around and just see if Holy Spirit highlights, but we've used up a lot of time. But I think we'll do that in future. But I think this morning, if that's you, don't you wanna, everyone, eyes closed right now. If anybody looking around, please just bear with me or, or just help me in this. Nobody likes people looking around. Just lift your hands to the Lord if that's you and you're needing peace. I'm not just talking about any peace. I'm talking about a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that you can have in the midst of your horse passing away. In the midst of the bank phoning up for closure on your house or your car or in the midst of losing your biggest client, you can have peace that surpasses all understanding. Because it's a peace that Jesus gives. It's a peace that comes by the Holy Spirit. If that's you this morning, then Father, I just ask you right now that you see every hand that's raised now. You see every person, Lord God, as they lift their hands to you and respond this morning. They respond in faith and call out to you and say, God, won't you come by your Holy Spirit? Won't you do... We cannot do, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Won't you come this morning? One, two, won't you come? Holy Spirit, won't you come right now? Won't you come and hover? Over those people, Lord, whose hands are raised. Won't you come? Won't you come right now? 
Holy Spirit, will you bring form to the chaos? Won't you bring shape to the many highways and lanes and traffic that's going on in our minds? Won't you come? And make the crooked path straight. Won't you come and make it a highway of righteousness? We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and bring peace. Your peace. The peace of God. Cause our minds to be still. Cause our bodies to be still. Cause them to come into submission to the Spirit. Cause them to be still and know that you are God and that you are Lord and that you will lead us in triumph and victory and we are more than just conquerors we are at peace in the midst of the storm we can sleep in the boat peace doesn't come because there's no storm friends peace comes because we have him in the center of our lives. Because he's king and he's Lord. And when we can sleep in the storm, we can speak to the storm. And we can stand up this morning and say, Storm, be still in Jesus' name. Storm, be gone in Jesus' name. And suddenly, we're on the other side. Thank you, Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, that your peace just comes. That you come and that you fill, surround, encompass our lives, our bodies, our minds. Thank you for your peace right now, Lord. Thank you, we just receive it. And we marvel, Lord, that we feel so relaxed. We marvel that we feel so confident that it's in your hands and you're gonna take care of it. Thank you, Jesus, for your peace here this morning. Father, as I've been speaking many things, I just pray for every one of our hearts, Lord God, that your word is seed as it's been sown and scattered out there over the hearts of your people. Lord, I pray that it finds good soil in every single heart so that it can bring forth, to, bring forth a harvest, 30, 60, and 100 fold. So pray today, Lord God, that we would be a people of the spirit, spirit beings, people of prayer, that we would up our prayer life and our time with you, Lord God. 
we'd push through and sacrifice, crucify the flesh. Begin to hear the inner voice. Begin to hear the inner witness. Begin to be led by the Spirit of God because there's an expectation, Lord. We are sons and daughters of God. And sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. That the Spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit. Would illuminate, would lead, would guide, would be a lamp to us. That as we go for the rest of the day and tomorrow onwards, Lord God, I declare and speak that over every single business person here, Lord. No more fleeces. No more, Lord, if you do this and you do that, then I, it must be you, I'll do this. Oh no, Lord God, if I ask him to marry me and he, she says yes, oh, it must be you. No more fleeces, Lord. But just listening to the Spirit of God, I pray for every business person. They would stop putting any fleeces out, Lord. Just listen to the Spirit and be led by the Spirit of God. And that as they're led by the Spirit of God, I pray for a release right now of a deluge of prosperity, of business, of contracts, of blessing, of ideas, of creativity. Like they've never even seen before, Lord. That in their time with you, in their prayer time with you, they're going to come up with new ideas of business. New creative ways of doing business. And also, Father, they're just going to have such favor with business people out there without even knowing who those people are, without even speaking to them, that business will come their way and they're going to prosper even as their soul prospers. 3 John 2. Pray, Lord, that we would prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers as we're led by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, bless your people this morning. Love them, Father. Love this church. Count it a privilege to be a shepherd. Pray, Lord God, that they would be led and guided by the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. And that this week would be a great week in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Father.